by being in a community like that where people know that they can trust the other folks in the community because they're all on that same journey. They're all looking to accomplish some of the same things can be a really, really powerful place to let go of some of those fears and adopt some new beliefs so that we can actually start having those conversations about money and investing that end up leading you to really changing your whole life. I'm Stephen Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by The Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Got a very special guest in the studio today, Pace Morby. How you doing today, Pace? Love and life, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to get in. For you, for all of those who don't know Pace, he's an author, investor, and founder of Sub2. He's acquired over $250 million of real estate assets through creative financing. And uh, he's the co-host of A&E's top performing show, Triple Digit Flip, and prolific out in the uh, teaching and education space. You've helped a lot of people, a lot of my friends, seen a lot of your content. I'm excited to be able to dive into your story here. You ready to get started? Yes, sir. Well, before we get into all of uh, the amazing things that you've done, I'd love to start out on a personal note by looking back at earlier in your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today, and how has that impacted your money or investing journey? Um, both good and bad. My parents taught me to work hard and not only work hard, but to enjoy working hard to a point where I grew up and, um, became addicted to it. Like, like it's a video game. And I never looked at it as a bad thing where most people look at work as like, Oh, you need to take time off. You need to take time off, bro. If my work is my hobby, why would I take time off? Right? So there's good things there. There's a lot of really good things there. But on the bad side of it, what I was taught was to work hard, not to work smart. Not my parents didn't teach me leverage. My parents didn't know to teach me leverage. And my parents also didn't teach me how to uh, build teams and build companies. My dad still to this day at 65, 66 years old is a solopreneur. And so the bad side of that is through my twenties, I struggled and failed multiple times, not because I didn't have a good business, but because I could not figure out how to scale out of being the operator myself and doing everything literally myself until the point where I basically self-sabotaged every business I created until I figured out how to leverage teams. This idea of working hard and working all the time, a lot of successful people all feel that I know personally, I love what I do. It sounds like you love it as well. What do you say to those people who are listening? They don't love what they do. How can they get on that path towards being in alignment um, so that they can apply that hard work ethic towards you know something they enjoy? The older you get, the more um, unapologetic you become. So I apologize for not apologizing. I'm sorry for not being sorry to the people I'm going to say this to, but you don't believe in your religion because you just woke up one day and believed in your religion. You don't have the political affiliation you have because you just woke up one day and believed it. Even to most people, the sports teams that you choose to root for, 
the religion you're in, the schools you went to, um, your interest, the job you ultimately ended up in was because of your environment, your parents, um, your immediate circle of influence, the people on your street that you hung out with. Um, we are a herd animal. We do what the herd does. And I'm no smarter than that. You just have to figure out which part of the herd you want to hang out with. And once I figured out mm. that the people that were making the money to attain real financial freedom mm-hmm. were not hanging out with the people I was hanging out with, I was like, man, I'm in the wrong circles. And more and more often, I, the older I get, the more I realize I had nothing to do with my success. It was always somebody else's influence in my life that had everything to do with my success. And, um, along the way, all your, I, I look at myself as Tarzan swinging from, from vine to vine to vine. And I will use one relationship in a positive way. And I'm hoping that that vine that I'm holding onto that relationship swings as far as possible. And I can hold on to that relationship. But at some point, if you're working really, really hard towards a goal, you will inevitably outgrow a lot of the relationships that you needed at some point along the way. And you, even right now, I'm in a transitionary period. I'm one of my very, very best friends. Um, I'm losing him as a very best friend because he chose to stop growing and Mm -hmm. he can't keep up with my goals. And so I have to go find people that are on a different wavelength so I can continue on the path that I want to stay on. So again, it uh, goes all the way down to who you're hanging out with. If you're listening to this, you'll, somebody already is nodding their head like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Guys, the less time I spend with my mom, my dad, my siblings, the less time I spend with my friends from my high school and college, the more money I make. Okay. And the more time I spend with them, it doesn't mean I don't spend time with them and I don't love them. Um, but the guys, money is everything. People that tell you otherwise are, are lying to themselves and they're probably broke. Money is everything. It's how you hire people. It's how you pay for experiences. It's how you buy your time back. It's how you like right now I, I was going through my work, my morning workout and I was going through what are the things I don't want to do today? And I go, Oh, you know what? There's 15 things I I keep doing every week. I don't want to do those anymore. I'm going to hire somebody to do them. Guess what? I give somebody a job because I have the money to do so. Money is everything. It allows me to spend time with my family and my close relationships. So guys get around, you have to get around people that are making the money you want to make and doing the things that you are doing. Yeah. Or you want to do, sorry. Yeah. And that's, it's so true. Like money is such a powerful tool. And when you don't have any of it, you're missing the ability to have that, that, that universal key that opens every door can solve most of the problems that you have in your life that can allow you to have the, the ability to invest in yourself to continue growing and changing or hire people that can help support you. But a lot of the times people get stuck, right? It's until you get surrounded with other people who are living that life and they're going out and they're making a lot of money and they're going and adventuring and they're loving the work that they do every day that you don't really believe that it's possible until you see it. And when all of your friends are doing it and every time you take a trip with your friends or you're going on some adventure or you're doing something that's that's exciting and you look around and you're like, yeah, man, we made it. We we're doing it. We're doing it because we're surrounded by these people. and that often takes an investment. You have to bring value to that type of community. They're gonna have to pay to be in a mastermind where other people are being curated to be in that kind of group. You're gonna have to be that type of person that other successful people are gonna want to be hanging around. And and it's, it's so important. 
for you, when you were growing that those early businesses before you got into the space and state that you are today, what was it that was holding you back from making those hires? Uh, myself, not believing that I had the possibility of hiring people, being afraid of being responsible for another human being, being afraid of if I hire this person, they have children, and if I fail, I will put them in a bad situation. So it was all mindset and not believing in myself. And then it was also a lack of being around other people that were doing it and doing it successfully that gave me the blueprint because there's only so much you can learn on a podcast or YouTube or a book or a seminar. We are very physical people. And so we have to be in the presence of somebody doing the thing. It's kind of like when I was trying to learn how to be a, a framer, there's books on how to frame, like, you know, framing for dummies, right? And I could read a book all I want, but it's not until I have my boots on and I got my drill and I've got my hammer and I've got my nails and I've got the tools and I'm on the job site watching somebody else frame a house that I'm actually going to learn. And so um, for me, here's, here's the big push. I needed somebody to push me. The guy who pushed me was a guy named John Bohm. I was paying him at the time. I, this is funny. I was forced to hire him because somebody I was working with at the time, Steve Mike, Mike stuff, Steve Mike says, shout out Steve Mike. I haven't even said that name in probably 10 years. Steve Mike says, if you're going to be on my team as a loan officer, this is back years ago. I require everybody on my team to have a personal coach. And I'm like a personal coach. What, what the hell do I need a personal coach for? I could watch YouTube. He's like, I'm going to say this one last time. If you don't have a personal coach, you're fired and you're off my team. I go, fine, give me a referral. And I, He's given me a referral of a guy named John Bohm. And now just to give you the quality of this human being, John Bohm is now the head mindset coach of the Phoenix Cardinals or the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, but at the time he, he wasn't a big prolific name and I would pay this guy $500 an hour mm -hmm. to sit in a Starbucks with him. And the first time I sat down with him, I internally in my mind, I'm like, wow, what a waste of money. This guy's a con artist. He's convinced these people that $500 an hour with him, not even sitting in a real office is worth his time. And I'm telling you within 15 minutes, that guy changed my life. Mm -hmm. He was a, he was a non interested third party that didn't have any opinion about my life, my religion, my, you know, any of my path. He just like spit complete facts at me. And the second I loved every minute of he re-altered my brain, told me that, you know, you should do this. You should do this. You know, very technical. I'm, I'm a very like technical guy. You can't just tell me go do better. And I go do better. That's not how it works. You need to tell me you need to hire um, an executive assistant that does these 15 tasks. Here's how you manage her here. I, like, that's how I that's how I learned. You have to be very specific with me. John did that in our first meeting. He goes, I can already tell you everything you're failing at. You don't have anybody helping you. You're doing it all yourself. This is back when I was a contractor slash like loan officer on the side. Mm -hmm. And he says, go hire somebody. So I go, all right, cool. No problem. I come back 30 days later for my next meeting, 500, another $500. And he, I walk in and he stands up from his, where he's sitting. And I'm thinking it was to greet me, but he says, don't sit down. This is the last time we're going to meet. Mm. And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean this is the last time we're going to meet? He says, I can tell by the way you're walking that you did not hire anybody in the last 30 days. And I do not want to do business or be around people that don't do what they say they're going to do and do not value 30 days of their life doing things the wrong way. And I said, oh, my gosh, no, man, I value you. The last meeting we had was so beneficial. He's like, it's only beneficial if you put it to action, you asshole. 
and he mm-hmm. sits there and he's cussing me out in, in Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And man, am I grateful for him? He, he, he goes, if we're going to meet, sit down, open up your phone, put an ad out right now. I'm going to watch you like a child. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to watch you like a damn child. And you're going to put an ad out. We're going to hire you an executive assistant today and do not come back and meet me next month. If the, if you don't have somebody in, in place, bro, I was so afraid of hiring somebody at $3,000 a month just to get started with me. That's how small my mindset was. And, um, I ended up hiring this girl. She tripled my business in 30 days. You know how she tripled my business is because she actually picked up the damn phone and she would collect the bills and she would do all the things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what have I, what have I been doing for the last seven years? <laughs> and it wasn't until John Bohm forced, it wasn't until St- Steve Mike stuff forced me to hire a coach. And then John Bohm treated me like a child, which is what I needed that I yeah. finally changed my life and starting put it, st- putting um, pieces together and thinking intelligently And at that point I was like, wow, okay, spend money, be around the right people, spend money, be around the right people, spend money, be around the right people. And now, sorry to give you such a long answer to this, but it is such a great question. Oh, this is great. Now I am at a point where I spend, uh, this year I I joined a mastermind that's $100,000 a year. So the most I've spent on a mastermind, but I've spent a lot of money on masterminds and here's why. Just like if I go to Instagram right now, it's going to feed me very specific things based on what I have set my intention for. I spend more time looking at people that are talking about real estate or market updates or whatever else. So all of a sudden the algorithm starts feeding me, feeding me, feeding me, feeding me, right? The, the longer life goes on, the more we all become segmented, right? It's why certain people only watch CNN, certain people only watch Fox. And so the whole world is becoming so fragmented because the algorithm of life is putting us in our own little buckets, right? Mm-hmm. So I realize I have to go choose which buckets I want to be put into. And so I found a mastermind this year that requires you to be generating $5 million a year in revenue in your business just to be able to get into the mastermind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a filter yeah. or an algorithm that I'm willing to invest in. And now I'm only going to be rubbing shoulders at these masterminds with people that are doing 5 million a year or more in revenue. And I'm sure that next year I'll, I'll go up and upgrade to a $300,000 mastermind where I only spend time around people that are doing 20, 30, $40 million a year in revenue. So it's just a compounding, um, essentially it's just a goal of how do I elevate my surroundings every year? And then how do I put into action all the things I'm learning in those surroundings as quickly as I possibly can? Yeah, there's two really big takeaways there, Pace. It's like there's nothing more powerful than having somebody in your life who can give you that real direct feedback the way that you need to hear it, hold you accountable to taking the action and be willing to walk away because they set a hard boundary that they're not going to mess up their record by working with somebody who's not going to actually take the coaching and the mentorship and the advice and go and do it because after that happened you took an immediate action it got uncomfortable you didn't really want to do it it was a little bit scary and so many of us are listening to this and thinking man that's kind of harsh but that's exactly what you needed in that exact moment and you need those people so that you can truly step into what you 
were meant to be able to do for you to be able to have that experience of hiring that person. Then obviously at this point you have hundreds, if not a thousand plus people that are working for you and on your team, because that lesson ended up leading you to the place that you're at today. And I think the second big takeaway is when it does come down to the power of community, the power of the people you surround yourself with, sometimes you have to have a filter like that where somebody else, where somebody has taken the time to put together a group of people, they've attracted people who are at a very high level so you can be in the same room. And some, you know, when I hear $100,000, I've spent a lot of money on a lot of masterminds and coaching and I'm a big believer in it. I know that when some people hear $100,000, they think, well, that's insane. That's crazy, that's so much money. But the outcome, the upside of that investment is that you get to be not only stepping up yourself to another level, you're gonna see things that other people who are not in those groups don't see. You're gonna be having conversations at a higher level, but those relationships, you never know where a connection can come from. I know that's a big part of your business. You've really done a phenomenal job of building a community as well as going and tapping into other people's community to help other people get what they want so that you can get what you want. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the power of being a valuable resource in communities because I know through the creative financing space, you've really set yourself up as that go-to person in a lot of other people's circles as well as your own. Again, out of a, out of a necessity, I built my own community and then I, you know, now you have a lot of people in the real estate space emulating me and going, oh my gosh, Pace has figured it out. I'm gonna copy him. <clears throat> Good for them. I'm, I'm happy that they are, they are um, you know, it's a positive direction. I, two things happened to me. One, I took a mentorship. It was $47,500 for a guy here in Arizona, an absolute waste of my money. The guy hadn't done a real estate transaction in over 10 years, wasn't keeping up on, you know, state laws, would only meet with people um, one time per month for six months for like 47,000. I didn't know any better, right? Wow. And so I said, I got burned so bad. How about I create a free mentorship for people on my YouTube channel? And I have a, cre a free creative finance Facebook group to essentially eliminate the guys out of the industry that are charging people $50,000 for a worthless mentorship. And mm -hmm. I want to provide more free value to everybody than most people have the ability to, to pay for. Like it's, it, it's insane. So I did, that was a necessity number one. So I created a lot of free value. And then the second necessity is that I found that when I was doing deals across state lines, I had a lack of collaboration. I had nobody I could rely on through a vetted process. In fact, what I did is I had a deal that was in Denver, Colorado, the, the Phoenix, the, the deal was in Phoenix, but the seller lived in Denver, Colorado, and it was a secondary home for him. He, um, his wife fell ill. They decided, Hey, we're not going to go on more, any more vacations. We're getting too old. Let's sell this home in Phoenix, our, our vacation home. So I strike a price with him and I said, Hey, I'll send over the contract. He says, no, you're not sending over the contract. You're going to meet me in person to sign the contract. And I was like, okay, he doesn't like DocuSign. He doesn't like the digital stuff. Okay. No problem. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'll send you a DocuSign. He goes, no, if you're not here physically in person, I'm not signing the contract. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll send uh, a mobile notary. He's like, no, I want to look the man in the eyes that I'm doing a real estate transaction with and shake your hand. Like we should like men. And I was like, okay, great. No problem. Um, he said, I said, I'll, I'll send my either myself or my partner to Denver to meet with you. And what I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go find somebody in Denver 
that can go and meet with this guy. So I don't have to fly out there or drive out there and um, do this whole thing. So I go on at the time, the only place that you could get any sort of help in real estate was this website that was just a bunch of, it was a forum, kind of like a Reddit forum, but only for real estate. Mm -hmm. And I go on there, I ask for help. And I say, hey, I, I've got this property. I need to get somebody to basically my, be my JV partner, my joint venture partner on this one deal alone. We'll split the, the profits 50-50, but I need somebody to go and meet with this guy face-to-face. -face. And number one, I had a ton of people ridiculing me. Like, why don't you just go do it yourself? You're you lazy, blah, 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 blah. Just ridicule, ridicule, ridicule. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying my best here, man. Like, where's the love? Yeah. Like, where's where's the help? And after three days, the guy, call, the seller calls me up. He goes, Hey, we're meeting tomorrow. We're meeting in two days. Are you coming up here? Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I, I'm, I, I, don't worry. I'll figure it out. And that day, like maybe four or five hours, I had a guy um, see my post, calls me up. His name's Steve. And Steve calls me up and he goes, Hey, I saw your post. I'll be your JV partner. I'll go meet with the seller. I go, thank goodness. Amazing. This is, this is so helpful. Thank you so much, man. So what does Steve do? Well, Steve goes to the property. He prints out my forum post mm. and he shows it to the seller and he says, Hey, Pace isn't intending to buy your property. He's actually just fishing for other people to pose as his partner. Um, mm. And I just want to buy the property with you directly. Let's cut Pace out of the deal. Mm. Well, welcome to real estate like yeah. five years ago. Okay. That was real estate five years ago. And so I, um, there. how did I find this out? Well, the, st the seller calls me. And he says, hey, Pace, I promised you, I'm a man of my word, that I was going to sell the property to you. This guy, Steve, that you just, you know, tried to partner with, just went around your back to try and steal this deal from you. And I'm a, a man of my word. I'm still going to sell the property to you. I don't care what you do with the property, but we have a, a price I've agreed to. You still need to get here. Well, now it's mm -hmm. Thursday night. And he told me he's going to sign it with me or somebody else by Friday at 5 p.m. So I drive all the way up to Denver, Colorado, 16 hour drive because I couldn't get a flight at the time. And um, I go meet with this guy, get the deal signed, shake his hand, and I'm driving home 16 hours. And I was just so aggravated by the fact that there was no way for me to collaborate with people across the country. And all I could run into were a bunch of shysters and backstabbers. Mm -hmm. And so for that whole 16 hour drive back home from Denver, Colorado, I dreamed of a community of people that were going to be vetted go-givers that will go out of their way to help you across the country. And now I've built it. I've built a community of 10,000 people that like yesterday I go to Vegas and I post one, I make one post on my um, private Facebook group in my community. I go, Hey guys, taco party on me at, at noon. I'm looking at properties, 150 people show up in like 45 minutes. And I'm sitting there watching them. They're all doing deals with each other. They're all hugging each other. They all get to see each other all the time. They're not, they don't own businesses together, but they're trading deals like Pokemon cards. And they're just, and I'm like, yeah. this all came because a guy stabbed me in the back. And I, I had to build my own community out of necessity and fight the way that he, the natural human tendency is to fight for your own. But yeah. the proper way that the universe will reward you is you go out and you build something for somebody else and you do everything and, and you create an ecosphere and people will come, the, the highest quality people will come to this community. And unfortunately, I have two people inside my community. Their full-time job is to vet people into the community and then vet people out of the community that are not go-givers and are not giving back. And it's been a lot of work. 
but it's how I've amassed a lot of real estate is because I've taught these people in this community how to trade deals with each other and help each other out. And now we do, I think it's 36 Zooms a week with each other. Like tonight I'll do, we, we'll do six Zooms today and I'll do one Zoom tonight that's five hours long, just helping people do deals all over the country. And so community for me was everything. It was how I went from doing five to 10 deals a month to now doing 20 to 25 deals a month because I can rely on a community of people. Well, it's so it's so true. And unfortunately, I've experienced that buying deals, having people try to circumvent you or 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 try to get around something. And, and it's unfortunate. But what's so powerful about what you're saying is that there's really something in the tribe mentality when there's when there is a clear tribe with a set of values and knowing that if you don't hold those values, you're going to get removed. And that keeps people honest. That keeps yeah. people who have those same values moving in the same direction. And I think the really important example that I see within this is that if you're somebody who's just getting started in real estate, you're somebody who's looking to, to continue to grow your business and do more deals and, and you're more on the active side, it's super important to have those people in different places that you can be able to share ideas, but also being able to trade deals. The fact that you can call upon people across the yeah. country and come in and add value and support to those individuals while they also add value and support back to you, it's so key. And a lot of times people, when it comes to money and investing, there's a lot of fear around talking about money. There's a lot of fear around sharing openly how you're doing. And, and I really see that as kind of the middle-class mindset. That's the way I grew up learning. Like, let's not talk about money. Let's not talk about success. Let's not talk about how much this thing cost or, or what this thing was. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to break. And by being in a community like that, where people know that they can trust the other folks in the community because they're all on that same journey. They're all looking to accomplish some of the same things can be a really, really powerful place to let go of some of those fears and adopt some new beliefs so that we can actually start having those conversations about money and investing that end up leading you to really changing your whole life. Yeah, 100% agree with that. So Pace, when it comes to your specialty, uh, you have really become one of the go-to people, if not the go-to person for creative financing and real estate. As we're getting close to the end of the episode, I know there's a lot of listeners who, you know, they're earning some good money in their career, but they don't really quite have the cash that they would need to start investing passively or starting to really grow their wealth just from investments that are more hands-off. I always see creative financing as a great way to get involved in real estate so that you can not only continue to increase your income, but you can start to really be able to create a great skill. So could you share a little bit about kind of what we mean when we say creative financing and, and why you think it's such a valuable skill for people to learn if they want to become an active real estate investor? Okay, yeah, no problem. Creative finance is um, the process of buying anything, cars, businesses, real estate, without a, going out and getting new debt. Okay, so for example, if I wanna buy a car, um, I go to the bank and I go, hey bank, hey bank I, wanna, I need 20 grand to go buy this $20,000 car. Or that's, that's the traditional way, all right? I need, I need credit, I need some cash as a down payment, and I need some credentials. They wanna see that I have the ability to pay and they wanna see my W-2, they wanna see my tax returns. 
Creative finance obliterates all of that. I just go directly to the seller and I go, hey, will you either A, let me take over your existing car payments and I'll give you like a thousand bucks and I'll just take over your existing car payments. I have a lot of examples, not examples, but very specific stories um, with VIN numbers and everything on my YouTube channel. You can go and watch how I buy, I bought a, I bought a Kia, multiple Priuses, motorcycles, golf carts. I just bought a 2023 Escalade by just taking over somebody else's payments and I become the owner. That's called subject to, I'm buying something subject to somebody else's debt. That's what I do in real estate. I find real estate, uh, um, it's so, there's so much of this that I don't do any traditional real estate. That's, that's how possible this is. So I find sellers that are um, in a situation, whether it's um, they bought the property a year ago and the property hasn't gone up in value yet. So they owe just about as much as the house is worth. And they're like, I don't want to sell my house because I don't have any, I don't really, really don't have equity. I go, okay, no problem. I'll just take over your payments. We probably do one of these a day. Um, just my little team does one of these a day, but I see thousands of them all over the country every single day, all the time inside of our community. So I just take over somebody else's payments. Nobody checks my credit. Nobody checks my credentials. Nobody cares if I have a job history. Um, they don't look at my bank statements. They don't look at my tax returns. They don't look at anything. And, um, a lot of the times we buy properties with no money down. And then we turn, we put a renter in the property. The renter not only pays the payment that I just took over, but I have the additional spread of the, the passive income, which is great. Um, seller finance, so that's subject to taking over somebody else's payments. Seller finance is if I go to the guy who owns the car and I go, hey, how about I take over your payments? And he goes, I don't have payments. I paid my car off free and clear. I go, okay, well, why don't you just let me make payments to you, 500 bucks a month for the next 40 months, right? That's seller finance. And so I do that with real estate. I do it with multifamily. I do it with RV parks. I do it with, if I open up my email inbox, all my email inbox is full of is dozens of deals, 12 plexes, RV parks, single family homes, multifamily properties. I got a 24 unit in San Antonio. My biggest deal I've done with creative finance is a $20 million, 256 unit multifamily deal. I'll do bigger ones, right? The better I get, the bigger, the bigger the deals will get. And so I look at all the other real estate strategies and I'm like, why would anybody do any of these? I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense for me to go to a bank and acquire debt. My, my average interest rate that I'm taking over on people's existing payments is 3% interest. So while everybody else is going to the bank and saying, I want to go, you know, buy this rental property and put 30% down, welcome to being a real estate investor. You're not getting a 20% down loan. You're getting a 30% or maybe you have a 35% down loan right now at 8% interest. I'm getting properties at 0% down, maybe upwards of 10% at the very, very, very highest, including my closing cost, including my furniture, including everything to get it ready. And my average interest rate's 3% that I'm taking over. I bought a property in Hawaii, 2%. Bought a property yesterday in Vegas, 2.75%. Bought a property today in uh, Phoenix, 2.5%. So um, I'm just taking over existing debt and putting a tenant in it that pays it and then gives me, uh, the rest of it goes to me in passive income. So for me, I don't know why anybody wouldn't be doing this strategy if you're in real estate. It's, it's absolutely crazy for you to do anything else. Yeah, well, I think it's such a strong strategy, especially right now. I mean, it's good in any kind of market, but what we're seeing is, you know, the last three or four deals that we've purchased have either been, have all been seller financed all between two to 4% rates and, you know, interest only payments uh, or taking over uh, you know, an assumption of somebody's loan. And these are 
some of these are smaller deals, 50 units, and some of these are, are much larger deals. But right now, with the current debt market, a lot of deals don't make any sense. And so when you can come to the table and be creative and be able to make those kind of offers to sellers whose properties are sitting and they want to sell, they want to be done, it makes so much sense. It really, really is a, a phenomenal strategy in it. And those folks who are active in real estate, who aren't doing it, you're absolutely missing out. And for those of you who are investing passively, it's great to know a little bit more about why these strategies are so beneficial because when you can buy a property and you can get a 2%, 3%, 4% loan, and currently we're seeing you know 6 or 7% loans, that's a huge savings, especially on big deals, but it's great on small deals as well. Um, Pace, we're just about uh, to wrap up here. We've got one last question. Would you share with the audience how they can follow you or, uh, or get in touch? You can always follow me on YouTube. I also answer all my Instagram DMs. So if you guys ever have a question about Insta anything, just DM me on Instagram. I literally, as I was coming on the show today, just answering people's DMs the whole day. So I, I love answering DMs, helping people, whatever you guys need help with, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, and what's that? What's your handle on Instagram? Just Pace Morby. Every, everywhere Pace Morby. Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everything's Pace Morby. On YouTube, I think we, we've got like, I think we're at almost 200,000 subscribers and we get about four and a half to five million views a month. So people seem to like our YouTube channel. So if you guys want to learn more, I'm crazy. Like I will give you all my addresses I buy. I'll give you even... People go, this isn't possible. I'm like, great, here's a settlement statement with the title company. It's been recorded public record. Here's the address. Here's the settlement statement. It shows I have put $0 down. I own the property. Go look up public record. You can see my LLC that owns the property. I'm crazy. So when people are like, this doesn't sound real, I, I just say, go to my YouTube channel. I give it all away for free. Yeah. Well, the last question is on passive investing. And I just wanted to make sure people had that before mm. we get to the last question. But what I'm curious about, and I know the audiences as well, is that you're the creative financing king. And so how does creative financing lead into being able to actually use it to create passive income? Because I think a lot of people have a belief that if they're going to go and use creative financing, they're going to be stuck doing the day-to-day -day management and making all the decisions along the way. I have roughly 1,800 doors, which sounds daunting to even say it. Um, and if you told me that four or five years ago, I'd be like, you're crazy. I won't get there that fast. Um, so it sounds crazy. Um, but I don't know one tenant's name, not a single tenant's name, nor have I ever known a single tenant's name. I've never been over to fix a single thing on any property guys. Welcome to 2023, 2024. Everything is managed by other people. Technology has taken over all this whole thing of like, oh my gosh, but the tenants are going to reach out to me. Okay. I use a company called Mind Property Management, M-Y-N-D, nationwide. They handle all my traditional rentals. I use a company called Padsplit.com for all of my co-living businesses, or all my co-living houses. Um, and then I have other management companies that do my Airbnbs and all that kind of stuff. I literally don't manage anything. I truly am a passive investor. I hear this all the time. People are like, oh, real estate's not truly a passive invest investment. I go, oh, you must not be a real estate investor. You must be a real estate hobbyist because I actually have people that manage my assets that keep me passive and I get a weekly report every Friday. If there's a maintenance request, somebody else handles it. I'm not involved. I All I do is I get the actual passive income and 
Um, when I want to, I'll send Molly, my COO, I'll send her a text message. I go, Hey, do we have any vacant houses we've recently recently purchased so I can go and do YouTube content? And then I have to call her and go, okay, what's the story on this house? I'm at, we're at a point now. Where I don't even know how we got the houses. Like I have a team of acquisition people. They're closing it. We're going through the whole process. Welcome to running a business, right? It's like a subway sandwich franchise owner saying, I don't want to own a subway fran- franchise because I'm going to have to make all the sandwiches. That's such a stupid statement. You, you own the business, you hire people to run it and you check in on it from time to time. I'm at a point now where somebody else checks in on it and then just gives me the report every Friday. So yes, real estate, creative finance, it truly can be a passive thing. Contrary to what Dave Ramsey will teach you and put you into his mental scary prison of uh, appealing to your lizard brain. So you'll buy his $35,000, you know, financial, you know, get out of jail, course or whatever it is that he has guys real estate truly is the only passive investment I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is really it's passive when you build the systems in the business, when you have the people that can make those decisions on a day-to-day business, it can put you in that position. I think that's the fear. A lot of people have is they've gone and owned rentals or they've gone and done some of this stuff. But then at the end of the day, they still have to be the one making the decision to oversee, making sure that property manager does the things, but that's like any business. You have to put the right people in place and you have to be able to manage those people. And yeah, and for me, we own multiple businesses. Real estate is my favorite one because it is passive compared to all the other ones. The other ones I'm dealing with human beings and their emotions and I wanna raise and I want more time off and I want this and why does that person make more money than me? And you deal with all of these things and all of your all of our other businesses with employees. So for me, real estate, I don't deal with that. A, a management company deals with the tenants. Management company deals with the, with the issues and the tracking and all that kind of stuff. And they, the technology lets them deal with all the maintenance. And every Friday I get a report. Here's what's hope, happening on all your properties. Here's which ones are vacant. They fill the units. They turn the units. They do the carpet. They do the paint. They do, literally do everything. And it just comes out of the, the cash flow that comes from the property. So I don't know another business at least I haven't found one that is truly as passive as real estate. Yeah, it was one of the reasons I love it. There's so much potential. There's so many different strategies. Pace, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Definitely go follow Pace Morby on all the channels. He's got a lot of great content out there. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.